is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. The thing you need to know about the rules of selling is that there are no rules. And the sooner you recognize that, the better off you're going to be. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Part of, I mean, really the essence of rethinking the way you sell is starting from the ground up and recognizing that there is a process to selling. There definitely are. There are things that need to happen. You've heard me talk about this before. You need to identify who you can help. You need to get their attention. You need to communicate your value and you need to ask for next steps. Those are inalienable rules, I guess, if you will, but they're not really rules. Those are just things that need to happen. That is the process. That is the science of selling. It is rigid. What is fluid is your methodology. The way you go about accomplishing those four things is as fluid as it gets. What you do to get those things done is going to be different than the person next to you. And quite frankly, and this is where the comedy really is, what is absolutely backward and wrong for one person is the best way for someone else to do it. That's why comparison is so dangerous. That's why cookbooks and blueprints don't exist in this game understand the principles underneath those methods and how they go to accomplish the science of selling, understand how the art relates to the science, and now you're on to something. But what I want to get you to do today is think differently about what selling is, because when I started thinking about what selling is, when I started thinking differently about that, when I redefined what selling is for myself, my entire world opened up. It took me at least a year of frustration and finally finding the right mentor for me to put those pieces together. I'm hopeful that this podcast and the stories that I'm sharing this season will be able to serve as something of that mentor for you. Now, the first thing that really sticks in my mind is how to redefine selling. The first memory I have of that light bulb going on over my head, I was listening to a CD. Uh, yeah, remember these compact discs? They used to be players for them in our cars. You could put them in and music or audio programs would come out. Um, this was before we had phones and MP3s and, and stuff that did all that for us. But I was listening to a program called The Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. And Brian define selling as a transfer of enthusiasm 
from one party to another. A transfer of enthusiasm. Think about that. Now, most people would define selling as an exchange of goods or services for money, right? And I'm not reading that from dictionary.com or Webster or whatever. I mean, that's just, that's the colloquial definition is I'm going to give you something in exchange. You're going to give me money. That's how people think about selling. And I think that part of the reason that people have such hangups about salespeople in general, if you think about the reputation that our fine profession has, it's because there's money involved. There's a lot of emotion tied up in money. And I think a lot of that emotion is uh, dysfunctional at best. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a kind way of putting it. I don't believe that most people have a problem with salespeople. I believe that most people have a problem with money. And so since salespeople are known for that exchange of money, it leads to some resentment. It leads to harboring some ill will. It leads to you thinking about all those times where you've been taken advantage of or where you felt like you got a raw deal. We need to avoid that because it's not that those situations are invalid. Those situations are true. They happened if they happened to you, but How do we look at things from a different perspective? How do we step back and take in a different point of view on what selling is? And when Brian Tracy said it's a transfer of enthusiasm, I started thinking differently. I started thinking about how many sales, most of them actually, in that vein, happen without the exchange of money. When you're a teenager and you want to go out on a Friday night with your friends and you need to borrow the car from your parents, what do you do? You ask. You ask for the keys. If you've earned the right to make that ask, well, then maybe you will make that sale. Maybe you'll get permission. Uh, You could argue that maybe there's a cost involved because you have to refill the tank, you know, once you bring it back. But that is all part of the exchange. When you ask for something and you get it, you've made a sale. We talk all the time about how kids, particularly infants, have a near, if not 100% close rate because they're so passionate about how uncomfortable they may feel or how badly they want something. And uh, as a parent, and as a parent, I can speak to this, you want to do whatever you can to take care of that feeling, to make them feel as if they're whole to make them feel as if they're going to feel better again. I think about the infants who may need to be changed or certainly need to be fed or sometimes just need a hug. You know, they don't know how to communicate in the same way that we do, but they sure are effective in transferring that enthusiasm for their state of discomfort, right? So when we start to think about things from that standpoint, now the world opens up a little bit. Over the past 15 years or so, geez, more than that, Over the the past, well, for a long time now, (laughs) I've been refining this definition for myself. And now I think about it like this. Anytime you ask someone to do something, that's a sales call. Whenever they do it, you've made a sale. That makes that person your customer. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. 
Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show. Now, let's step back. Now, what does this mean? If you're a leader, if you lead sales team and you you lead a sales team and you ask your reps to do something for you, uh, yeah, they're your customers. And many times you're asking them to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. Well, that means you've got a sale to make if you want them to do something different than what they're doing right now. You want them to update their CRM. Well, you better ask them. Because you can't really just tell people. We know what happens when people are told to do something they don't want to do. They find creative ways to not do it and procrastinate and be ineffective everywhere else because it's such a distraction. So what do we do? We show them that it's in their best interest to fill out their CRM and, and keep it up to date. We show them that it's for them, not for the leader, just so we can be big brother or big sister and keep an eye on everything they're doing. No, we show them that it's a way to keep them organized. It's a way to make them more effective. This is what is going to make everything else easier. When you ask them to prospect, to fill the pipeline, you show them what's in it for them. You don't just say, hey, you need to create more opportunities or we'll find someone else who can and we'll just eliminate your, you, know, you from your position and bring someone else in. That is not effective management. Every once in a while, it's got to get there because you just can't get through to that person. But we know that is not the best way to lead people. If we know that salesmanship or sellership is leadership... Well, then we have to start thinking about those two things differently, particularly as we lead teams. As parents, it's not just get your good grades because you need to do that. Everybody's told that they need to get good grades. You know who gets good grades? The ones, the kids, the young adults who understand the bigger picture and understand why those grades are valuable, why they're necessary. It's the same thing that can be said about kids that want to drink and do drugs and things like that in high school that they're not supposed to be doing. We can talk about the legality of that stuff later, but at the high school age, they're not old enough to do that stuff, but they want to mess around. They want to dabble. Sometimes they get carried away. The ones who steer clear of that stuff are the ones who understand the value of steering clear of that stuff. They don't do it because they were told that is precisely the age where people start to rebel. If you haven't made that sale to your kids, they're not likely to act in the way that you want them to act. Now, I realize I'm getting way broad scope here. I'm going to bring this back to a sales context. But when you think about anytime you ask someone to do something, you're making a sales call. Anytime they do it, you've made a sale that makes them your customer. Are you treating everyone you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis like they are or could be your best customer? What does this do? For me, and that's my definition, for me, this changes the dynamic with everyone I talk to on a daily basis. This means that I treat people better. This means that I listen more. This means that I have more empathy. This means that I, even when I disagree with someone, can get along with them. I can appreciate our differences in a different, in a, in a different manner, through a, un, under a different light. I can learn things about people that I would ordinarily ignore or shut out. And I can 
just learn so much more about how to be the best version of me. All of these things make a huge impact. All of these things put together have changed the trajectory of not just my career, but my life. So do you have to redefine selling in such a way that it is so profound the way that I have? I don't expect everybody to do that. Now, I mean, it's a big part of what makes me me. It's a, what, it's a big part of how I approach the world. But what if you could do that on a smaller scale? What if you could take a little more ownership of how you want to do things? Maybe trust yourself and that intuition and that voice inside your head, that feeling in your belly... Maybe you'd be more likely to trust it if you recognize that the rules were yours to make up. You know, the reason that most people don't follow their intuition in a sales context is because they don't see other people doing it that way. Well, if everybody's doing it this way, then that must mean that people like us do things like that. I'm going to tell you that if you don't see other people doing it the way you think it needs to be done, that is exactly the reason you should do it that way. You talk about differentiation, you talk about authenticity, you talk about all these things that I've talked about throughout the years, you've heard me say. That feeling is exactly what you should follow because it's going to lead you in the right direction. And when you don't see anybody else doing it that way, I know it feels weird to stand out. I know you don't want to leave the safety of the tribe. You're really not straying that far. You have just found the best way for you to do what you know you need to get done. And if you need to redefine what selling is in order to put those authentic actions into context, that might be precisely what you're missing in order to give yourself permission to do that. But I'm telling you right now, there are no rules. So if you feel like you're, you can't do something because you're breaking the rules, um, I think you just need to recognize uh, the reality of that situation. It's all up to you. You do it how you want. You are the artist. There are no rules in art. And the same goes for selling. And as long as that art, your methods, leads back to checking off the boxes of the science of the rigid process, you're in business. And the sooner you give yourself permission to do that, the sooner you're going to succeed at levels that you have not previously thought possible. That is the essence of rethinking the way you sell. That is what you're here to do. That's why you tuned into this podcast Thank you for tuning into this podcast. There are hundreds of sales podcasts out there and uh, I happen to like this one, but I'm really glad that you do too. And I'm really glad that you've been willing to share the last 15 minutes or so uh, with me. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to be back with you again next week with another interview that's going to share some stories. It's going to share some perspectives. It's really going to help paint the picture of what it means to sell like you. I'll talk to you then. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.